If you want to know how to dominate your local market as an investor and owner of self-storage facilities, specifically what KPIs you should be tracking, how you should market your facility, and on your next closing, how you can transition better from one owner to the next, you're in for a treat today. Our guest is Jim Ross. He is the host of the Self-Storage Show podcast. He does a whole lot more. His information is right there in the description for this episode, uh, and we get into it in the beginning, obviously, of the interview. Real quick, just to note, this is evergreen content. However, it was pre-recorded about a year and a half ago um, for my YouTube channel. The content, again, can be applicable at any point in time, so that's why I want to repurpose it for you, the listener. I think it's super relevant and valuable even today, just as much as it was a year, uh, year and a half ago. All right, without further delay, let's get right into it with Jim. Jim, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into uh, self-storage management, and uh, we will go from there. Sure. Give me the cliff note version here. All right. Uh, no, I, I've been in and around the storage industry for about 20 years now. I started as a storage manager for a couple of years. So I had that background. Moved on to managing as a district manager, quite a big portfolio here in the Western United States. Did that for another decade. Wow. <laughs> doing okay. that. And then from there, doing you know, marketing and training for managers, which is really my passion is that kind of stuff, doing the training. And then I have a, my own third-party manager company that I run right now with self-storage domination. Okay, gotcha. So 20 years in the business altogether, various aspects of management. Now you have a yep. third-party property management company for self-storage specific three-mile. Is it three-mile domination, you said? I didn't uh, it's self-storage domination. I kind of rebranded it because I got tired of telling people what three-mile meant. Okay, yeah, so. right, yeah, okay. If you're outside of storage, you don't know what that means. So okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Okay, we can, we can talk about that here in a little bit. So so yep. here's my here's here's kind of where I'm coming at this from. The yeah. my interviews and all that are mostly geared toward acquisitions, due diligence, closing, all the steps that go on there. However, obviously a huge part of making a successful investment is going to be the management side of the business. So that's why I wanted to bring you in to talk yeah. about some of that. Let's set up a scenario here where you have a facility, let's say it's, I don't know, 30,000 uh, net rentable or gross square footage, something like that. You have X number of units, maybe 300 units or something like that. Uh, you have, uh, let's say the uh, physical occupancy is about 85% or so, but you see the economic occupancy is, let's say it's 75, 70% or so, something like that. Yep. An investor brings you that deal. They say, hey, Jim, we'd like, to take a, like you to take a look at this. Can you advise us on what we can do here? Uh, to raise rents and, and kind of what you're looking for. So can you kind of walk us through how you might think about a facility like that? Oh, yeah. That actually happens quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> that, exactly that kind of scenario. Because again, you see that physical occupancy and that discrepancy between the economic occupancy. You see that little gap there? Yeah. There's opportunity. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just right off the bat, you see those kind of numbers like, okay, that's let's it's worth investigating a little bit further, you know, from here on out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I personally, I like to go to the physical site itself and start pulling reports. And okay. obviously that, that goes from like doing a physical audit. Cause okay. many, many times I'll, 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 I'll say this just because you see stats on a management summary report and you're looking at the figures, it's a whole nother story when you're actually doing the site audit. More okay. often than not, you start uncovering more aspects of okay. There's there's definite more opportunity here because if things are if there's that big of a gap, that just means some operations aren't finely tuned and being efficient. Okay. And yeah, and that kind of starts leading to other things that you start seeing of okay. There's definitely some holes here that we can start 
plugging. So I definitely start doing a, a physical audit. Okay. And basically, I just mean, you know, I'm just double checking that everything that's in the computer is actually what's physical. Okay. So <laughs> that's, let's, that's, that's, it all matches. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. So yeah. when, you, when you say, when you see what's in the computer versus what's physical, what do you mean by that? Oh, it's just basic. We're talking, if it's running on the computer, is it running on the, in the, on the unit, has a customer lock on it. If it's a vacant in the computer, it has a vacant lock on the unit. If it's a lean status, okay. That means that's it's being processed for auction. Okay. Many times I've seen with some of these sites that are, again, they're, they're opportunistic locations, but they're mismanaged. And that's when you start talking about that. Well, I hate to say that people aren't doing things exactly the right way, but there's those spots where it may show vacant in the computer, but it's rented outside and you got Okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So there's some investigation work when it comes to that point. Okay, uh, especially if you're looking at a site, you're going to be plunking some money down. You want, you want to know what you're getting yourself yourself into. Yeah, yeah. So doing a physical audit, there's there's no ifs ands or buts when it comes to when it comes to that. Okay, so making sure that whatever the computer says, if somebody's renting it, actually somebody a warm body or people's stuff is is in there is in there is in that unit if it's vacant and vacant if it's being uh uh auctioned off it's being auctioned off okay what are some other ways to um discover or some uh areas of value that you see when you walk a facility what else do you look for yeah of course when you walk in the facility it really comes down to what are some of the repairs that you can make easily that will help increase the value that you can start charging more for that rent mm -hmm. uh this happens a lot with certain investors have a certain niche of site they're looking for mm -hmm. that they're looking at a location they can say okay just a matter of drive-by impression what what can i do here for the best bang for my buck is it you know helping that signage a little bit do they does the signage look really old and decrepit well mm -hmm. obviously that's going to be a deterrent for anyone that's driving yeah. by because yeah i don't care even still if it's still you know, everyone's looking at their cell phone for a uh, location. Drive-by impression is still very important and having that yeah. first impression that you're a good facility to store with. Yeah, okay. Uh, I always tell people, put myself in the customer's shoes, okay? Yeah. They need to store somewhere that they can know, like, and trust that they're storing their goods with you. Yeah. Well, so much is, is important when it comes to that first impression that your site looks like you're... <laughs> You're up yeah. keeping it yeah. in its fresh yeah. paint and that kind of thing. Yeah. So your definite signage is always my number one first thing is making sure, hey, it looks like a storage facility and we're, we're you know, marketing it correctly. Um, that's that's usually the first and easiest thing. And then it's, you know, getting to the doors. A lot of times, you know, what can you do for doors and the fresh paint on those goes a mm -hmm. long way. Okay. Uh, you know, I've seen some sites that literally just doing paint job on the doors looks like it added 20 years life to the facility mm -hmm. well then again you're starting to build value <laughs> in your site and you know this gets out later on but you know, as far as doing a you know proper revenue management be able to do rate increases because you're, you're seeing that discrepancy of what maybe they're charging versus what the market is charging mm -hmm. in that in that area mm -hmm. well some of these improvements helps to bridge that gap and being able to increase the rates okay that makes sense and then yeah Okay, so if you if you go there, you, and obviously, I mean, I'm sure I, I was just thinking as you're talking about that, maybe the office can be renovated or fixed. Oh, yeah. I remember going to the offices of some places, and it's like, uh, you know, not sure what's going on in here, or really dusty. I, I always I always go from the outside in, but yep. yeah, 
Yeah, that that sort of thing. Okay, let's talk about uh, the onsite manager. What do you look for in an onsite manager? Um, you know, if you if, if the person if the seller already has an onsite manager in place, what do you do to try and determine if they're going to continue to be a good manager? Because I don't know. And then the second part of that is when you go and you look at a facility that you're thinking about acquiring or advising on, uh, is there sometimes an issue that you look for? Like, okay, this manager is not going to do a great job. He's not going to mesh well with the new ownership. How do you tell? What are the, what are the kind of things that you look for in that case? Well, first thing that I always do, and I kind of put aside any kind of personality. If I'm getting along with the manager first, it's a, it's the financial audit. First mm-hmm. off, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, because the managers they're, they're handling the money, obviously, yeah. day yeah. in day out. So, yeah. Before I even like say, hey, how's it going, and get to know them on a personal level, I'm making sure everything's on the up and up, financial wise. So, a quick financial audit. Okay. Because um, I don't like to have that cloud anything as far as these are great managers, they're awesome. Because eh, sometimes they're the ones that are might be uh taking a little money. Some little. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah. But after I get over that, I'm like, okay, everything looks financially great, perfect. But then it comes down to the manager. And I've always said, when it, I don't care if it's the best looking facility. If you have a crappy manager, it's not going to be ran, obviously. And you're not going to be making the money you should be. The manager makes or breaks the facility. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts around that. Okay. So obviously, it, it's very important that they have pride <laughs> in their facility. And that will come across. Um, if they if they're taking pride in their work and pride in the facility, that's going to come across when you're just having a conversation. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. like going into a site and having to be feel like an interview of like, all right, impress me if you want to keep your job. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sets everything off on the wrong tone. No, mm-hmm. this is more of a it's more of a discovery process of just seeing, okay, yeah, you know, tell me because again, that manager knows everything about that facility. This is a discovery process of having a conversation. They'll probably understand. You'll want to come cover more about a site talking to the manager than you ever will on reports. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. I mean, the reports can help maybe lead some questions to talk to the manager about. Yeah. Uh, but just having just a good old fashioned conversation, just chatting with that manager, things will come up out of that conversation that you never ever would have thought to have even asked in the first place. Okay. Just does. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just showing pride in their in their. Uh, facility. Uh, I'm not the one that comes in and says, okay, it's a new person in town. And I always just take out the manager and bring my own st- staff in. Many times I've found the managers have been there for a long time. And as long as they have pride are the best managers. Mm-hmm. I know okay. some other manager companies just, they don't care if it's a good manager. They just come in and clean house and bring their own staff in. Mm-hmm. I am much more the adage of, all right, let's see if we can, let's see if we can make this work. Okay. And more often than not, you'll, you'll, You'll know after that first conversation if our heart's in it or not. Okay, interesting. Very good. Okay, okay. So we talked about the kind of the uh, that high level, I guess you'd say. How does it work? So when somebody has a deal on a contract and and you're consulting on it, you've gone through some of those steps, and you say, okay, yep. we're going to go ahead and they're going to move forward on this uh, acquisition. What does the transition look like if they were to bring in someone like yourself or a third party management company? What are some of those steps that need to take place prior to closing to make that transition as smooth as possible? Oh, communication, communication, communication. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so important, uh, especially when it comes to closing and all that. And I won't get into all the specifics that happens surround closing because I'm sure you cover that in all your other uh, episodes. I will, I will. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. There, there's, there's just so many moving parts <laughs> that are going on 
mm-hmm. when it comes to closing. And really it comes down to, I, I like to tell myself with that owner of, it kind of goes through me <laughs> when it comes to the reports and kind of streamlining that communication up front. Mm-hmm. It just helps tremendously. At the very beginning of just saying, okay, any kind of reports that's that's going to the bank, going to that loan officer, have it go through me so you have that kind of communication flow. Okay. Just that helps a lot of, you know, get kind of this stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. So then, then like, I've looked at sites before where they'll actually transition, like SiteLink or whatever. Like, they'll give the potential buyer access to uh, SiteLink where they can start pulling reports if they need to to send to the lender and all that. So, would you prefer an owner to go ahead and say, "Okay, here you go, Jim. Here's the access to the SiteLink, and if they need a report, like, hey, the bank needs X, Y, and Z report from me. Can you go ahead and pull those and send them my way or send them directly?" So, you want to be involved in that. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Uh, it's it's one thing just giving them access and say pull every report you want. You want to have that immunary, like for me, being of that, being able to channel and sometimes help disclose what the reports mean. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there are mm-hmm. questions that come up, and I've had sometimes where owners kind of not say make stuff up, but really don't know or understand the reports in, in detail enough to be able yeah. to convey that to a loan officer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Out, you know what I mean? So I like to make sure <laughs> I raise my hand and all communications. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so. funny you bring that up because I remember looking at a report on something from SiteLink and they, SiteLink's great, provides you a ton of information, but I had no idea what, what are, one of these things meant. And the owner didn't know. <laughs> Nobody actually really knew when we called him SiteLink. The guy couldn't really explain it very well either. At least oh, no. he tried to and was like, I don't understand what you're even saying. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, probably, that probably is a good idea. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so when uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so we talked about the transition, we get to close. We're now trucking full. We have a manager on site. What are some of the KPIs that you look for at a facility? What, what uh, you know, what's important on a day-to-day? I know it's all yeah. important, but like, what do you really look for to make sure that, okay, this is running according to our plan? Uh, it's twofold. I mean, there's one thing when you're starting off fresh out of facility and just knowing baseline where we are right now. Uh, I see more often than not, some of these sites don't really have operations in place to do the kind of tracking, to know what their conversions are and that kind of thing. So a lot of times you're just when kind you of starting off fresh. Pause, pause, pause. When you say conversions, you mean somebody coming in the door or contacting the facility and becoming a tenant? Yep. Yep. Okay. So that, that conversion number, in other words, like one in 10 or whatever that, that number is. Yep. Okay. Better be more, better be higher than one in 10, but yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, yeah. You kind of ask those kind of those uh, discovery questions and I kind of get blank stares back. Like, okay, we're, we're kind of starting off from square one. So, you know, with my KPIs, when I'm looking at sites, and starting off fresh, be able to, be able to have like a uh, foundation to be able to look upon and make sure we're increasing month mm-hmm. by month. Conversions is number one, and that comes down to tracking. <laughs> I mean, you got to track. If you're not tracking, you're not marketing. And if you're not marketing, hey, you're not you're not making any money. Uh, so it really comes down to making sure that they know how many times that phone's ring and when people are walking the door as a potential customer. Okay, and if, gotcha. turning, and if it's turning into a rental. Okay. I mean, as simple as that sounds, that that's number one is is tracking. Okay. Um, and then it really comes down to well, what's my ROI? What am I getting my best bang for my buck on marketing dollars? Uh, I, I see. I love owners out there, but many times they kind of get a little too narrow focused on 
different kind of marketing strategies that they, they can be doing. And they're really not really tracking. Okay, well, where is that lead coming from? Is it just internet? Is it Google My Business? Is it a landing page? Is <laughs> there's so many things that you can do? A, a simple tracking number goes goes a long, long way. Okay. Um, okay. So, no conversions, so marketing, and then above and beyond that, then it's every month. It's it's of course looking at your well, of course revenue. That's the whole name right. of the game. Right. That's what we're trying to do here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's exactly that? Look, and, and it's from the revenue, and then it's of course you know looking at your uh, P and Ls and what's your NOI. I mean that's it's one thing about okay. making revenue, but how much are you actually keeping? What do you put in your yeah. pocket? Right. Yeah. What's coming to the bottom line? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that, so from what I'm gathering here, obviously we want to know who's coming in the door, where they're coming from, uh, whether it be online, ad, word of mouth, whatever the, whatever the story is. And then yeah. obviously we have a marketing budget that's bringing those people into our funnel. So I think of it, it's our funnel and the then funnel. I mean, those yeah. are actually converting. Okay. On the acquisition side, I think of that way too, the funnel, how many facilities I contact in order to find someone to talk to me. I uh, just to know those kind of, you know, just yep. most of the time they say, don't call me ever again. I'm at the, be <laughs> I'm at the beach. So anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. That makes sense. So on the marketing side, what do you like to do? I know uh, we'll talk about this too. I want you to be able to plug yeah. the Facebook group and everything, but uh, sure. uh, talk to me about uh, marketing real quick and what you, what are your favorite marketing channels uh, that you like to use? Yeah, that's a, Loaded question. I'll try to. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it a little down here. Thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, it comes down to. I mean, it, it's it's an online world now, and things have flipped in the last few years. Uh, I still say it's about sixty percent is going to be through online channels. That's your Google My Business. That's your uh, Google AdWords. Your pay per click ads. Uh, huge that way. You got your aggregators like Sparefoot, love or hate them, but hey, they're they're there. Their marketing is all about attention. Okay, I don't care where it's coming from. I just want to be able to be seen. Mm -hmm. So for online, you know, your organic, your Google My Business, your pay per click, Sparefoot. That's the first thing I'm really focusing on is, is for the online portion of it. Um, drive by, you can't neglect drive by. That's still like a hippie four about having that first impression. Mm -hmm. They're still Man, 20, 30% of sites, majority are still, hey, it's drive-by. I decided I'd come to your site because I drive by you all the time. I, I know you. <laughs> I see you around. So that's still, you can't overlook that fact. And then okay. everything else, you know, that, that extra 20%, that's when the community uh, marketing comes into play. In fact, I just talked about this to a, a group this morning. Uh, in a nutshell, I do a lot of apartment alliances. And that's the way I look at it. It's all about alliances, uh, apartment alliances, competition. Uh, a lot of people look at competition. They don't like it. I look at a competition. It's opportunity. Hmm. The, the more competition you have, there's a demand, obviously, in your area. So cool. Score number one, you know. Oh, interesting. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Demand in your area. Okay. And the thing is now, I'm sure a lot of your listeners and, and people on this are in storage at all for lately is, man, it's hard to come by a storage in a lot of markets. It's, they're full. Yeah, and interesting. Just, and I, I form alliance with my competition. And I, I just tell them, hey, someone calls you and you're full rather than just hanging up that lead and not making any money at all. Help that customer out. Send them to me. I have units to rent. Yeah. I pay you for that referral. So you're making money. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten that money. Yeah. That customer is getting a rental that they otherwise wouldn't have. You know, they'd just be trying to find somewhere else where you're helping them 
find me and yeah. I'm getting rental. So it's kind of yeah. a win-win. Yeah. I've had more people using competition alliances than ever before. That's really a simple strategy, but very, very effective. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. So you don't mind using the Googles of the world, the spare foots of the world, but uh, aligning yourself with the folks in your neighborhood and your three miles, three mile domination in your three miles. Uh, yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Send some referral fees uh, their way. Okay. It, especially once you know, and kind of this is kind of getting more of the marketing aspect of it, but yeah. this comes into play when you're looking at your uh, reports uh, for a site to evaluate, you know, what's my lifetime customer value. Mm-hmm. Man, it ranges. You know, some sites, you know, lifetime customer value is what your average length of stay versus what your average price is per unit. Okay. I've seen some sites that's it's fifteen hundred bucks, and some sites I just talked to someone yesterday it was fifty three hundred dollars. Oh, at, at the location, yeah, oh. it, it it can range. So that's another metric you want to drill down at a site by site basis. So yeah, what is the average lifetime customer value? Because once you have that number, to know what you want to spend your marketing dollars on, it's an easy decision. Is it worth spending a couple hundred bucks as a finder's fee to <laughs> get a rental? Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Then yeah, dang right, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Um, all right. I think, I think that's, 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 I mean, that sums it up, I think, really well as far as the marketing aspect of things and just understanding KPIs going forward. Um, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. How can folks, um, well, I, let's back up for a second. On the management side, third party management, how, how long do you guys generally do third party management? Do, is it a contract or is it, how does it work specifically with your group? Yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to engage with you. Specifically with my group, it's I treat it as like my philosophy is it's month to month. If I'm not making you money <laughs> and doing my job, what you're paying for a manager fee and making you 10 times with the value of what you're paying me, okay, well then maybe it's not a good fit. Hmm. It, it's a month to month basis, really, because it's just like in storage. I mean, everyone's paying month to month. Issue your focus should be every month of making money for that owner so okay that, that's how i i arrange my contracts it's that's wonderful it's a, okay it's a book contract you know right 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 okay that's awesome i didn't know that so yeah. perfect jim thank you so much man how uh how can people get in touch with you if they want to ask you some more questions uh a little yeah. more about what you do yep oh uh, my email is jim just j-i-m at selfstoragedomination.com Wonderful. And um, you have a, I wanted to mention this too, you have a Facebook yeah. group. You, you talked about it a second ago. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. I just started a, a Facebook group back in uh, last month. January. Yeah. Yep, in yeah. January. It's called the Self-Storage Domination 30-Day Challenge. Okay. And it all ran through Facebook. We run it as a course. And yep. every day we have a new kind of, uh, every day is a challenge to yep. Go through. We have a do a Facebook Live that day. We're kind of building the community. Yep. At the end of thirty days, well, all the information goes away. So yeah. It's kind of forced consumption. You got to keep up on it. Okay. And that that first month, I've been having great testimonials from people going through it, saying they got more value out of that for free. Yeah. <laughs> for thirty days on things that they paid thousands of dollars for. So now, does it repeat the same? Per- pretty much information every 30 days, but obviously we're finding made better as you go along or does it, does it like, how does it work or does it build each month? Uh, yeah. Well, it's what I've been doing is the first month I did for 30 days, did that first group and everyone that participated. Great. I moved you into an alumni group mm-hmm. that, you could, that you could have that as a reference for as long as you want. Okay. Yeah. But Hey, if you weren't participating and, and growing and keeping up each day, well, 
all the information went bye bye, and you can start over again. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. It, it's worked out. It's been fun. So that's. I'll just give out the domain real quick. People want to yeah. check it please, out. Yeah, please do. Out. Easy. It's just the uh, the self storage challenge dot com. The self storage challenge dot com. Free. Yep. Free for folks to use. Yep. For now. Well, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, for now. For now. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Nothing wrong with that. So for now, <laughs> you're listening, watching, jump on that because that information is extremely valuable. I was in the first group. I'm in the alumni group now, and it's been great. So I think Good. that's it for now, Jim. I appreciate it, man. Uh, let's stay in touch. I'll probably have you back on uh, once I have some more questions and uh, follow-up and, and all that. We'll probably hit it from a different angle because I think management is super important. It's a weakness I have. Uh, I know how to find deals and close them, but not necessarily get up, get hands on with the management. So it's something that I like to learn more about and help people uh, learn more about as well. So, and plus, I mean, if a lender, if you're going to work with a lender, if you don't have enough experience in management, you have to bring someone in. So it's important to know, yep. you know that side of the business, I think. So you got yeah. it. Well, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Kind of fun being on, on this side of the interview process. So yeah, I, it is. Yeah, hey, and you have a podcast. Yeah. Why yep. did you tell people about that podcast? Uh, it's, I don't self promote very well, do I? No, no it's, uh, come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, uh, it's a podcast that's been around for well, quite a while now. I think I just filmed my 58th episode uh, this morning. So it's, it, that's it's awesome. gone. Uh, yeah. The Self Storage Show. Any kind of uh, podcast aggregator you have, or there's actually an app you can look up on Google and Apple. It's just The Self Storage Show. Check it out. The Self Storage Show, man. Providing value all over the place. Jim, thanks so much for being here, man. We will talk soon. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Take care. All right, that was Jim Ross. If you want to connect with him further, check out the description uh, for this episode and you have all the links right there at your fingertips. I'm Chris, host of the stuff of, of something. I'm Chris, host of the Storage Investor Show. I say self-storage so much that it gets me tongue-tied sometimes. So host of the Storage Investor Show podcast. If you want to connect with us, please visit storageinvestorshow.com that will redirect you to our website. If you want to connect with us and learn more, uh, get to know us a little bit, please reach out to us via our website, storageinvestorshow.com. That's it for now, guys. I'm Chris. We'll talk soon.